Welcome <laughs> to A to Z Sports Prime Time. Y'all are really hard on me about my haircut. It, it's the I <laughs> William Jones says it looks like a toupee. I think it's because I've got this widow's peak. And as I get older, like it's becoming, I'm definitely receding right there. Like that's where the widow's peak is is receding. And so I push my hair up and over and it looks like a hairpiece. I honestly <laughs> I used to make fun. I used to make fun of Joe Rexroad for having Lego hair, and now this is the result of me being in my 30s. Now I'm the one who looks like I have a piece of Lego hair strapped to my skull. Either way, we're doing the primetime show. Welcome into A to Z Sports primetime on this Monday evening. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to TrueMathFitness.com today. And the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com to find out how she can protect your constitutional rights. So, Backup quarterback situation is apparently still in flux. Now, you can talk about why Mike Vrabel had the messaging on it that he did. This was Mike on Saturday after the Friday night preseason finale. We come into the press conference. We always do two press conferences with Vrabel after a game. There's one immediately after the game at the stadium. Then we'll all come back usually about 10 during 10 a.m. during the regular season, sometimes noon during the regular season on a Monday after a game, in this case, a Saturday after a game, and talk to him after he's had more opportunity to watch the film, and we've had more opportunity to see things like the television copy, right? So with Saturday's press conference, the first question that Mike Vrabel was asked was from Teresa Walker, and she put it to him this way. Mike, have you seen enough to make a decision about your backup quarterback? You're going to hear from Mike Vrabel about that In just a moment, I want to ask you your Two Rivers Ford take first and foremost on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Real easy. Who should be the Titans' backup quarterback at the start of the season? Now, a couple of things that you should think about with this before I tell you who your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by. Spoiler alert, it's Two Rivers Ford. Who should be the Titans' backup quarterback for the initial roster? There's an initial roster cut that's going to be made. That doesn't mean it's the same 53 players that they're going to have all year long. The roster is going to continue to evolve. So in the same way, I almost think that we should look at the backup quarterback situation that way. Who should be the initial backup quarterback on this roster? Doesn't mean you have to be married to him as your backup quarterback for an entire NFL season. But for week one, just the purposes of week one, who has earned that backup quarterback job? We will talk about it. Together, it's your Two Rivers Ford take. It's made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. Quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service. 40 years here in Middle Tennessee is a locally owned and operated company doing business with honesty and integrity. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So who should be the Titans' initial backup quarterback? I think the initial, putting it through the context of that for you guys, I think most of you would probably say Malik. Now, you're going to hear from Mike Vrabel. In fact, let's uh, let's talk, let's talk. hear from Mike Vrabel on that 
Saturday afternoon when Teresa Walker asks him, uh, have you seen enough to make a decision about your backup quarterback? Um, I don't think so. I don't think, um, you know, as it stands now with Will's availability and you know, we'll get him back this week. Um, but I thought that Malik took a, took a big step yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you have the, the turnovers, but again, there was um, a lot of cool stuff that happened after that. And I wouldn't say that we were great uh, in front of them. I thought our receivers um, showed up and did, did a nice job most of the, most of the night. Uh, and Malik has to make some better decisions. And then you know, we'll see where Will's at here this week. So that's Mike Vrabel talking about the Titans' backup quarterback position. Now, he said earlier today, that was from Saturday. Mike also had another press conference today. And he said that Will Levis, the plan is for him to be available this week at practice. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can look at this. You can say, you can take it at face value, right? With Mike Vrabel saying, well, no, I haven't made a decision at backup quarterback even though he probably has a pretty good feeling on who the backup quarterback, at least for week one, should be. You can say, all right, does that mean that Malik Willis has fallen short of expectations for this coaching staff? Does it mean that Will Levis was always going to be the backup? Did they go through this whole ruse of a a potential ruse of a backup quarterback competition only to name Will Levis the backup quarterback? They haven't done that yet, but without naming Malik, that's kind of what you leave yourself open to. And we'll see uh, ultimately who they make their decision uh, on. You could also look at it this way, and this is probably the way that I think makes the most sense, why Mike Vrabel would be noncommittal about the backup quarterback situation. It's to keep them engaged in a week where they don't have a game to compete in to keep them pushing in practice where that is going to be really where these things are decided. Malik Willis and Will Levis, they probably have a pretty good grasp on where they stand in the pecking order. The coaching staff probably knows, I would say does know, where they stand in the pecking order. But this is a dead week for all intents and purposes. Before Labor Day weekend, before they get a long weekend, before we come back and the regular season, the grind of the regular season actually begins. The reps evaporate for these guys after the rosters get cut down. There's not enough to field a second and third team offense. The reps in practice are going to go to the starter. Ryan Tannehill, uh, un, you know, until such time as he's not the starter, that is who is going to get the reps. So for, for, for their... From my viewpoint, I think the development that Malik Willis and Will Levis truly are going to experience, I think that's basically done for the time being because they'll run scout team stuff. They'll watch and learn and and participate in the meeting rooms, but live game and even really practice reps, those things are about to dry up substantially. So when you look at where the backup quarterback situation is, you want to at least keep them engaged through this week of work. For Malik Willis and Will Levis, we probably know what the backup quarterback answer is. I'm going to tell you who it should be here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible, is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com, get your first workout free. 
as a Middle Tennessee resident. Group classes are awesome. You can take them any time of day, morning before your workday, afternoon if you're somebody who wants to get a quick workout, a 40-minute workout in during your lunch hour, or after work at your convenience, TrueMath Fitness is there for you. If you sign up for a membership, you have access to their open gym, so you can work out at any point throughout the course of your day. And if you're somebody who values personal training, I go every Tuesday and Thursday. Looking forward to getting back on that regular schedule with TrueMath Fitness. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's the best around. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for a new way to work out. So as you look at the Titans quarterback situation, who should be the backup quarterback? Amar says Will Levis. Mr. Jones says Malik Willis. Uh, Malik for J-Dub. Pretty boy Lipschitz says Will Levis should be it despite not playing in the preseason. He's citing Malik's turnovers as the reason why Malik should not get that job. William Jones, Noah Lurch, David Fletcher all disagree. They are Team Willis at this point. That seems to be where the majority of you guys are at. Uh, where you guys are at, Jeff Lloyd says Colt McCoy, who got released from Arizona today. Now, Josh Dobbs, he looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback in Arizona if he can ble- beat out Clayton Toon. Now, I think that my preference would have been to keep Josh Dobbs on the roster if Malik Willis was still going to be here because at least you get, you hedged your bets a little bit with a quarterback who gives you a better opportunity to win games than Malik did at the time and probably still would be. Like if Malik Willis has to go into a game, it's going to look a little better than it did last season. I don't think it's going to look much better than it did last season. I think he still struggles pretty mightily. And so Dobbs out there getting traded to Arizona and in a really good opportunity, really good chance for Josh Dobbs to potentially continue to solidify his career as a backup quarterback, continue to get those paychecks and uh, and to have a successful NFL career. He's already had a successful NFL career, but to prolong that even further and and to put some good stuff on tape. You know, I think that it's going to end up being the three of them. And I think that Malik Willis should be the backup quarterback against at least the Saints for week one. The initial backup quarterback on the initial 53-man roster. I think that Malik Willis showed me enough throughout the course of the preseason. I think that he earned that job. Now, you can answer Will Levis and you can say, well, I didn't like what I saw from Willis. Then by, by default, Levis should be the guy. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dismiss you if you think that way. I just think that even Will Levis being further along as a rookie than was Malik Willis as a rookie, I still think he's a bigger gamble right now, should he have to play, than Malik Willis is. I feel better about Malik, Malik Willis immediately than I do about Will Levis immediately. For no other reason than I'm not really sure what Will Levis can improve upon with the amount of time that he's missed. Now, we'll see. Uh, MB says, I'm actually bored of all this backup quarterback stuff, to be honest. Most people aren't, unfortunately. Um, You know, I think that it's... I think it does matter. I think it's never been more important. The only other... The, the importance on the roster right now is this, okay? It's offensive line one, 
It's kicker two. It's backup quarterback three. Now, offensive line, I think we talk, and we'll talk about that, but I'm never going to headline a show really with an offensive line situation unless there's just true disaster uh, the way that it was at, at points last year. The backup quarterback is going to be the thing that the most people are interested in, even if it's a redundant conversation. And even frankly, if it's been anticlimactic, we thought we were going to have a little more fireworks out of this, right? Because you thought Will Levis and, you know, you don't know that he's going to get hurt or anything like that, but you, you hoped that Will Levis, you would see more of it. So to have it be Malik Willis, I think he's earned it. Even if it's going to happen by default, it would seem. I would have liked to see more of Will Levis so I could get a better gauge on that. Because it's really the only time that you're going to see these guys unless, you know, something happens to Ryan Tannehill. It's a really, uh, a really tough, really tough way to exist. Ricky W. says that the uh, Dobbs situation is dumb. Levis has a way higher, higher ceiling than Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that, Ricky. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm obviously not going to disagree with that. I do think Will Levis has a higher ceiling than Josh Dobbs. And they, they know that Will Levis has a higher ceiling than Josh Dobbs. I just thought pre Levis's existence on the roster with Malik Willis here, that I would have preferred a situation where they have a more known commodity, but obviously they went a different route. They went even further developmental and, you know, with Rand Carthon as a new GM, it's completely reasonable that they would explore quarterback options should they present themselves in this year's draft as they did not with CJ Stroud the way that we thought they might be interested in or thought they might try try to make a more substantial move up for they ended up getting Will Levis and and now their quarterback room is what it is um so uh, Levis was hurt bud says Monsoon I don't know if you guys are probably arguing amongst yourselves I, can't, I wish I had a better way to tell either way Mr. Jones says, give me Dobbs over Levis any day with his uh, volunteer profile picture. So, of course, his analysis cannot be trusted uh, regarding Will Levis. That seems like a waste of time. All right. So, backup quarterback, who should it be? It should be Malik Willis. And I think Malik Willis has done enough. Mike Vrabel uh, spoke to it on Friday night after the game about some cool stuff. You know, didn't love some of the decision making, but some cool stuff continuing to show up on tape. And it feels like Willis is in a good spot. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, keeps progressing. I think that the arm talent is there. It's, you know, but it's making decisions and knowing that you don't have, I think one thing that you learned or I saw last night is Malik was able to speed up uh, his process, probably a little bit too quick, I think, on the one there to Wiley. Um, but he's kind of realizing that this is game speed. These guys are rushing and you know, figuring out what's going on and, looking and progressing one, two, and getting out of the pocket, did a nice job keeping his eyes down the field. So I think that's the thing where Will uh, can get those throws, but that the, the actual live pass rush, uh, feeling that in practice is, is going to be different. The timing. He's improved a lot, uh, as Big Dog there says on YouTube. Malik Willis has uh, improved a lot. Uh, Stephen King says, can you summarize what he says? We can never hear the audio cuts. Is that true? Do you guys, are you guys struggling with audio? Um, I don't know. I don't know that that's something on our end, Stephen, but, uh, if that's, if that's something that you're regularly experiencing, uh, I hope you guys will let me know because we'll try and make sure that that we'll try and make sure that we can get a better situation for you. I know 
I know typically uh, audio is fine. Okay. Uh, it seems like most of you, uh, we struggle with Vrabel audio. Heard Vrabel's pretty clearly. Okay. It looks like mixed results. I'd say, you know, I, I don't know that it's not something on our end. I know that podium audio sounds far away. That's Twitter audio. It's not ripped from the press conference. Um, now, I know you guys struggle to hear our questions. And Vrabel, if he's not like overwhelmingly engaged, he can he can speak in more he can speak in lower tones. Uh, but that is because it's a Twitter, you know, it's a Twitter cell phone video. Um, it's just easier for Robert to pull. But if we if we need to make adjustments, we can try. I don't think it's much better from the team's website, which is why we just use the uh, which is why we use the Twitter videos instead. But either way, I think that I think that the Titans backup quarterback situation, Malik Willis is is going to be is going to be the thing that makes the most sense for now. I I think that as the situation develops, perhaps Levis can overtake him. I just don't know that there's going to be reps or opportunity to do so. Um, let's move on to the offensive line situation, though, because Dylan Radens was activated off PUP today, physically unable to perform. He's going to make this active roster. The question that I want to ask you is, where do you think he factors in in a Titans offensive line competition that, much like the backup quarterback situation, should still be ongoing. So where does Dylan Radens factor in, if anywhere? Perhaps you disagree that he factors in at all. Uh, you know, I think you could make a pretty decent case there. We'll talk about that together right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible, is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. Amanda J. and her team are there to protect your constitutional rights, particularly if you are a father. They are there to protect your constitutional right to be a father to your child. They have practiced in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in the great state of Tennessee. That's why they say wherever justice demands. AmandaJGentry.com is where you go to find out all about Amanda, her legal team, and the way that they can protect you should you need your constitutional rights defended. AmandaJGentry.com. So where does, if anywhere, where does Dylan Radens factor into the offensive line competition? Antoine Blackman asks, what position did he play in college? So it's a good question, uh, worth resetting, Antoine. So he was almost exclusively a left, no, he was in college exclusively a left tackle. When they drafted him here, their intention was to move him from left to right. They thought he had the athletic abilities. They thought that if they started with him in a developmental role, that he could eventually take over the right tackle position. You'll remember that Dylan Radens last year started out as the starting right tackle in training camp. He very quickly lost that job to Nicholas Petit-Frere. They stopped playing him at tackle altogether. They decided that he was a better fit at guard. He ended up getting on the field in 2022 at left. Well, he did play at guard some, but he ended up finally after the Dennis Daly experience continued to be the stuff that nightmares are made of, they started the Chargers game with Dennis Daly at left tackle. When Daly struggled in the game, they put Dylan Radens in. Dylan Radens played the best football that we've seen Dylan Radens play. He hasn't been good by any stretch of the imagination, but the best that we've seen him be is at left tackle. He tore his ACL, of course, so whatever progress that Dylan Radens had made whatever contributions he could provide. Maybe that prevents them, should he have stayed healthy, maybe that prevents them from having to spend money on Andre Dillard, 
right now because it's not like Dillard is any great asset there. He's just a stopgap type of situation that you're hoping might exceed what he's shown in his NFL career given extended opportunity, kind of like Aziz Share or Arden Key. You're taking a lower risk, higher reward proposition on a guy like Andre Dillard. If Raiden stays healthy, maybe you don't have to take that chance. Maybe you can ride out the Raiden's experience and try and find your left tackle, more of your left tackle for the future. But Dylan Raiden's the best football that he's played for this team has been at left tackle. Theoretically, he's not going to play left tackle because Dillard is good enough at left tackle to at least hold that job down. So if he's not going to start at left tackle, and by the way, he's probably going to take some time to truly get back to, to full form. We know that ACLs are typically, I would say, two-year injuries, even if you can come back from them after a period of, of about nine months. Where do you find a spot for Dylan Radens to contribute? Uh, Vrabel refused to let Radens play despite Daly being an atrocity. Blows my mind, says Andre Bunting. Uh, Big Dog says Dennis Daly got Ryan Tannehill hurt. Well, the, the offensive line collectively was not good. I don't want to pin that specifically on Dennis Daly, but Daly was more a product, part of the problem than he was a, the solution, um, for sure. Uh, Mr. Jones says he factors in on the all-hands-on-deck, put the fi- best five out there. Well, I don't know that he'd be one of their best five coming off the ACL injury. Trippin' Titan says, Dillard, good enough. We will see. He may not be good enough, but is he better than Dylan Raidens? Probably. Probably. I, I would I would bank on that. I would trust Andre Dillard right now more than I would trust Dylan Raidens. But Mike Vrabel seemed encouraged today about the progress that Dylan Raidens has, has made and, uh, you know, enough to activate him off the PUP and not lose him for a minimum the first four games of the season should they have kept him on reserve PUP. Uh, very encouraging. Dylan worked extremely hard to get back out here and through conversations with his surgeon, our doctors, Dylan, most importantly, you know, just excited to get him back out there. And again, I think it's, uh, you know, we're, we're probably a, a, a little bit away from, from team, you know, but I think it's also important that, you know, when a player gets to a point that done kind of rehabbing that he gets back out there with his teammates and individual and you know, figure out group things and then we'll see where he is. Can he be a right tackle option for you guys? For you I guys think he can, you know, certainly I want to just make sure that, you know, you know, see how he feels before we start making him an option anywhere. I think that the first step is just getting him out there. So... I think that's the right approach from Vrabel, not, you know, not starting to talk about right tackle competition, just kind of saying, hey, see how he feels. Um, I have a feeling he's going to factor in more as a backup whenever, you know, should he be available. And, you know, it'd be interesting. I don't think they cut him, but would somebody like Dylan Radin's clear waivers? Maybe. I think how they do the roster math this year is going to be as interesting as anything else out there. Stephen King says, bring back Ben Jones. I think I'm going to have Benny come in and uh, I think I'm going to have Ben come in and uh, do the radio show on let's, let's do that Friday, maybe Monday. I haven't decided, but in the next before either 
the the Friday before or the Monday after. I'm going to see if Ben has some time to come hang out with us in studio and we can talk about how they look as an offensive line group without Ben Jones, with Ben Jones in studio. So I'll check in on his availability and hopefully he can uh, lend us his time and talents as an analyst because uh, he's still not on a roster in the NFL, although I think he would have started on PUP anyway. Um, he he did tell me he had a fair amount of surgery in the offseason. Uh, ask Ben what his five starters would be. I, you know, I, I think Ben would probably answer the way, the same way that they have them out there right now. But uh, you know, we uh, we'll see, like I said, we'll see what his uh, what his schedule looks like, and we'll see if we can't uh, bring him in, bring back Ben and Kern as much as possible. Sure, I mean they're they're hanging out. We appreciate the the. I, I always appreciate that they're willing to. I'd put Bates on the radio show too, uh, if I could trust him not to cuss, but I can't. Um, Delaney is somebody we haven't talked to in a while. We'll see what Delaney Walker's doing this offseason as well. Or, excuse me, this football season. See if we can't get some familiar faces back in the mix. Uh, let's turn things over to Burt. God help us, in case you missed it. He's got his hair tied up. He's got a shirt on. He looks as professional he's gonna look, as he's going to look. Uh, I will remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. So for some Monday Intel, let us welcome in Robert Lee Walsh. You know, it hit me with the full name. I don't well, appreciate it's that. Problematic. <laughs> no, don't say that. Hey, Virginia Tech fired their guy for having being named Robert Lee. I could no, they did lose not. my job. Did uh, they serious? actually? It was way back when, but I think they did something like okay. that. I think it was like my first week in radio. That guy got suspended, and I didn't tell anybody my name. Smart, smart by you. Uh, so one thing that's not smart. Have you seen uh, the official NFL WWE collaborative belts that were released today? I saw them only because you sent me a tweet that I did not actually open, but I did see their existence. How many tweets do I send that you don't even look at? I send so many nuggets and, and you never delve in. No, but I think I think that is, uh, you know, I think if by you're a volume shooter, you're Russell Westbrook. You haven't figured <laughs> out that your field goal percentage is going to continue to go down. Um, even I don't as want you, you to age. miss something. I, don't I appreciate that. So volume is better. Uh, and I would say probably about a third of the things that you send do I actually open because only about a third are relevant. But I appreciate that you err on the side of caution with more rather than less. I'm going to shoot less now. I'm going to shoot less and take all my efficiency away. Anyway, I don't trust so- you. your attention span is too short. <laughs> There's going to be 10 things by the time we end the primetime show tonight. WWE came out with some NFL belts, and I hate it so much. The most most annoying man children are going to be walking around with these things now. And I'm a wrestling fan, so I get it. When you go to uh, SummerSlam at Nissan or you go to WrestleMania, everybody's got these dadgum belts. And it's so stupid because you would never do that for any other sport. Like, who's going to go to football games and be wearing a football helmet? You know what I mean? Oh, it's just, I mean, some of the people in the chat, for sure. Sure, I, well, I've those seen. same people are probably going to buy these belts, is what I'm saying. But they should also come with a caveat that you should have to defend those belts. 
Say somebody comes up to you and challenges you, you have to defend your Titans heavyweight championship. I, I agree because bam. what is the title? What is the title belt for other than your fandom? Like you, you're not. Are you? The, are you nominating yourself the greatest fan? You're probably not. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think that the. Uh, I'm not a wrestling person, but I do find the concept of a title belt for teams like the Titans or the Cardinals who the, the other t the teams who haven't won a title I find that a flawed concept the Jaguars like what are the Jags champions of at this point unless we're going to go full Butch Jones with it and do champions of life uh that that this this feels this feels to me very participation trophy-esque I'll take that and I'll raise you. It's very man-child-esque. Man -child. It's like uh, the kind of guys that wear Crocs to work every day. Like, grow up. Come on. Join At least those are closed-toed shoes, which is better than I saw you doing last week. Also, don't you have a fake professional wrestler? Don't you literally put a man-child on the air every Friday during football season? Don't you have some kind of fake macho man Randy Savage nonsense that that morning show has been doing? Or is that something you've done away with? Don't don't confuse me with the the producers of yesteryear. Uh, whatever whatever was was and whatever is is. Okay, well I hate that. Stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I don't even have his number to be honest with you. So we can we cannot do it. But anyway, that's what you missed. It. Hope y'all don't buy those belts. <laughs> that's Robert Walsh. Don't buy anything that he's trying to sell you. Don't buy those belts. That is the best way to look at things. Radio show tomorrow on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine Bishop, the hitman. We're going to have him on at 11.20. We're going to react to what Blaine has seen from these players in the preseason, how he thinks that Mike Rabel has gotten his team ready and his perspective on it. Looking forward to having Blaine join us at 11.20. You can always hang out with us from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Speaking of hanging out, this week on the 615 Sessions podcast, we'll do it live Wednesday at 1.30. It's going to be Teron Davenport. Always good to have TD, especially after roster cutdown day. 13 days, Texas Titans says, until the Tennessee Titans play a football game. I will be in New Orleans 12 days from now, and in 13 days, we will have Titans football. Enjoy the rest of your evening. I will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year, we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.